106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, South Carolina. I mean, there are people in California who want to remove sex completely from the birth certificate. You didn't have a boy. You had a human with a penis. Whether that's a boy is... <laughs> <laughs> At best, a maybe. Let's wait until they're three and let them decide for themselves. I mean, Mario Lopez was almost canceled for questioning the wisdom of letting three-year-olds decide their gender. Here's a crazy idea. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't let kids make big life decisions while we still have to make choo-choo noises to get the food in their mouth. Julian Castro said trans women should have the right to an abortion. Okay, well... <laughs> They don't have a uterus that's going to be... Uh, try selling that in the red states. If a man identifies as a woman, we stand with her right not only to imagine that she's pregnant, but to abort that imaginary child. Because there's nothing sadder than an unwanted imaginary child. I'd say even if you live alone, I would wear a mask in the house, especially in the shower, because, frankly, droplets can make the way through the drain and come up through somebody else's toilet, infecting them with COVID through the anus. Uh, ballpark in two to five to 20 years, we can start thinking about considering the idea of pondering the thought of conceptualizing the possibility of maybe perhaps reopening but probably not i would avoid having any fun whatsoever in the near to far future thanks for watching that make sure you subscribe but only if you have nine masks on otherwise you're putting everybody on youtube at risk hit the notification bell then rinse off and then just stay in your basement be safe <laughs> needs a union like i can't survive this anymore this is this is like worse than being in vietnam i had to work three hours yesterday and we only had 30 minutes for lunch and i'm a kosher vegan do you know how hard it is to find a restaurant these hours are killing me and i'm a full-time student i'm majoring in queer knitting and minoring in films from the patriarchy they made us watch a woody allen movie the other day i was on suicide watch for five hours <laughs> and i got misgendered again i was stalking something and someone's like hi little boy can you help me get something i was like hello i'm a girl i have a beard and a bulge <sighs> oh.
They don't offer any like support for height challenged queer people. It's like, and I have to stock the bread. I'm gluten intolerant and they make me stock the bread. I can't even reach it. I'm intolerant. And it's like, I know my manager's doing it on purpose because he's a cis straight white male. <sighs> they don't even give us a break. I try taking a nap with my weighted blanket in the shampoo aisle and they're like, you can't do that. I feel like a slave child on Epstein's Island when I'm here. And I have anxieties they don't even care about. I suffer from anthropophobia, which is fear of people, and cypophobia, which is the fear of food. And I run food in people all day! Ah! I'll do it. I'll cut myself. Oh, it's a butter knife. What do you think about this? Things that make no sense in 2022. Black lives matter, except in the womb. Women's rights are human rights, but no one, not one person can define what a woman actually is. We are told to trust the science, but denied basic biology? Uh, love is love. Unless you love God or your country, then you're right-wing extremists. And uh, we live in a tolerant, welcoming society that doesn't judge anyone based on race, gender or faith. Except when you're a white Christian male, then you're done. How did we get here, guys? How? Dr. Fauci, when do you think we're going to have indoor weddings again? You did say two weeks to flatten the curve. Okay, here we go again with the two weeks to flatten the curve. What I actually said was we are too weak to flatten the curve. We were faced with a big challenge. It was something like a mountain we had to climb. We came out on the other side and were met with a plateau. That doesn't mean we're in the clear. We can very much encounter even a hill, a bump, or a lump. God forbid, even a hump. You could then fall into a crater, dump into a COVID river that can take you down and end up into a bog. And now we're bogged down. So what I'm saying is in 3 to 5 to 12 years, we can start thinking about reopening in another 12 to 15 to 75 years. At that point, I would say if you have 11 masks on, you can go and visit your grandparents in the cemetery if they have a plastic covering around the grave. Droplets could come out of the deceased's mouth and sort of trickle up through the groundwater, get into the population's drinking water supply. Now we're reinfected with COVID, so we have to protect the deceased. Once we revaccinate everyone who's died in the last 95 years, we go back in time, kill Hitler and Stalin and Mao, then perhaps you can hang out with two to three friends in your backyard.
Good afternoon, this is Lou Benninger, and you're listening to No Hostages Radio, episode 188, to appear on 11-5-2022, November 5, Saturday. So if you're a first-time listener, welcome, happy to have you. We do six uh, 20-minute talk segments here, uh, separated by some clips that I've hand-picked carefully for your uh, enjoyment edification and education so uh you can reach me a couple ways you can reach me through a website email at lou l-o-u just start with lou at no hostages radio.com lou at no hostages radio.com and on that website at no hostages radio.com you can look at previous episodes and articles that I've written, as well as you could listen to other episodes probably on your podcast supplier. You can also reach me by my cell number. You can text or call me at 530-713-1838. Again, 530-713-1838. I'm on the left coast here in Northern California. Might be mindful about that unless it's just shooting me a text. Uh, we also do a live show on Saturday as well as this, this podcast popping up on Saturday. And that's over at KMYC 1410 AM 01 or 104.3 FM. You can go to that website, KMYC 1410, and click on live and just listen to us on the computer. Or you could go to live365.com, go to radio, click on radio, put in KMYC, and you can listen on any of your devices instead of being stuck at a radio. Plus, if you're very far away from the radio station, you can't hear. So uh, some people like to listen to the live show. So that's just for, for your convenience. And I think I think that's probably it. So we're not, obviously, we're not doing a live show. This is a recording and kind of cleaned up and edited for you when you hear it on Saturday. But, of course, you can give us feedback. Always interested in feedback. Some of you like to give me your uh, input on things or ideas or information you think I might uh, would like but haven't seen yet. So give a shout out. Let me give you a couple people that are <clears throat> promoting or supporting this show here on the internet and also on the radio, and that is ysjunkangel.com. And ysjunkangel.com, they serve Yuba Sutter counties, and you can reach them at 530-329-3113, 329-3113. And they, Ira and Gina Burroughs, pick up junk and garbage and stuff and uh, make your life tidier and cleaner and more beautiful they say they're cleaning up america one property at a time after ira got fired from san francisco fire department for not taking the jab uh, also izzy garcia at little billy's excavator and backhoe service you can get your backhoe work and excavator work done reasonably with integrity and and have it well done at by calling or texting 530-300-6010, 300-6010. Also, the Junk Angel number, you can text that as well. So I wanted to mention, uh, again, the, the voting is starting here 
in just a few days. So uh, make sure to vote against Measure A, which is a sales tax increase, which is totally ridiculous. It's paying uh, millionaires more money, taking it out of the pockets of people that are barely paying their rent and buying groceries and putting clothes on their kids. So make sure to vote Measure A. Don't let any argument fool you. You're getting uh, lied to. And I'm going to talk about more about that later. Um, also, the Sutter Yuba Republican Women Federated are going to have their November meeting on the 17th. At 11.30 a.m., they're going to meet over at Pizza Roundup. They move their meeting around to reach out to new women. They're trying to build that organization with a lot of fresh folks that's been around for decades. And as in any organization, if you don't get new, younger people, the organization dies. So uh, November 17, 2022, at Pizza Roundup, it's located at 2004 Covalad Street in Marysville, and uh, you can sign up for that by going to syrepublicanwomen.com and uh, registering there that you're coming. Or you could dial 530-632-6195, 530-632-6195. Uh, there's a little charge for that. I can't. I, I thought I had it written down here, uh, but I don't see it. It's probably a very reasonable charge for lunch. So a uh, reserve spot, men and women can come. Even though you're not a member, you can attend, but they do look to build their membership. So if you want to do something, if you're wondering, what can I do to make California a more conservative, sane place to live, less taxes, less government, uh, all those things, uh, get involved with somebody else and work together with people. All right? So, um, Okay. I wanted to I wanted to talk in relationship to Measure A. There's been an argument that oh, Measure A, we we need more taxes because we just need to raise everybody's pay in Sutter County. And my argument in all these California counties is you're paid too much already and you underperform. Recently, I was just at a a, um, a county office and. It wasn't in Sutter County, but I was in a county office locally, and I was uh, doing some business and uh, regarding uh, assessment of some property, the value of it, and the taxing of it. And uh, as my friend and I went in, uh, the the department there had made an error, and they had lost some paperwork that we submitted, and they made an error happens right you make errors do you notice that if you make an error the government penalize you if the government makes an error they just kind of smile and say oh darn i hate it when that happens so we were there and the, the gentleman was very cordial very nice everybody was very nice in the office but i just watched i was there probably about uh 20 to 30 minutes and in in the back side of the office behind the counter and just watch people working and walking around the office and picking up stuff here and putting it over there and, you know, going on the computer. And what I noticed is compared to the private sector where I've spent most of my life, and private sector includes, includes nonprofits for me, is they just weren't too stressed. It wasn't too, uh, 
it, it was a pretty slow pace, pretty leisurely paced. And uh, so my, my contention and many people that I have are friends, I'm friends with that work in government just says government just doesn't work too hard. There's no real pressure to go very hard or fast. And uh, so a friend of mine sent me this short lead to an article from the uh, written off of some Hoover in, from the Hoover Institute. And the title of it is, at $140,000 per year, why are government workers in California paid twice as much as the private sector workers? That's a great question, isn't it? And uh, so I'm going to go over this article because it's, it's uh, many of you haven't voted yet, and some of you may be on the fence on whether to give all the government departments more money. Now, as I've mentioned before many times, we have uh, six psychiatrists that make over $2.6 million a year, but, but you just don't get psychiatrists without a building or with, without janitorial or without secretaries, or without IT support, et cetera, et cetera. So my, my hunch is that that department, and I, and I don't have any idea how many actual people they help in a year, that department probably is costing over $3 million a year for six psychiatrists. Now the question is, is why does the government provide psychiatrists when there are psychiatrists and psychologists and marriage and family therapists in the private sector that we could actually pay or give vouchers for and send the people over there. But instead, we have a very incompetent operation in our behavioral health in Yuba and Sutter counties. It's a bi-county operation, and we're dumping tens of millions of dollars. In fact, they have a drug. They, they collect all the taxes that go towards drug intervention and rehabilitation, and they waste it there. It's it's more difficult to, to get into uh, a drug rehab through the county than it is to sign up and go through the process of getting into college. There's something wrong with that. Now, I want to go over this. Said the nation, nationwide, government worker compensation has been growing more rapidly than private sector compensation for v- years and years and years. But this trend is on steroids in California where some state and local workers are now paid roughly twice as much as those in the private sector. So the California Policy Center, uh, you can look them up. They're an organization. They have lots of articles. They did some research on the public sector compensation of full-time workers, and they did that in 2012, and then they looked at it again uh, in 2015. The study showed a high level of compensation of public se- sector workers in 2012 and a subsequent higher growth rate for compensation between the two years studied, 2012 and 15. <clears throat> the, the California Center, or Policy Center, they looked at pay records, more than 2 million state and local government workers in California, right? Not, not including... Um, those in K-12 or college education. Uh, They left those out and found that the average total compensation in 2012 full-time employees was 124,000 and change in California, in a California city, 102,312 for county workers and 100,668 for state workers. By 2015, the total compensation had increased to 137,392, 117,425, and 116,887. I know you're not probably taking notes, but as you can 
probably just hear from my numbers. The numbers are getting way bigger. Let me tell you how much bigger. Adjusted for inflation, these increases between 2012 and 2015 were 7.3% in one city, 11.2% for county workers, and 12.5% for state workers. Full-time private sector workers in California received an average total compensation of 62475 in 2015. Remember, private sector is non-government. So that's 62475. Do you remember the other numbers? Every one of them were way over 100,000. You got it? So in 2015, comparing 62475 for someone out in the private sector, that's compared to 137 and change for the city, 117425 for county, and 116887 for state. So both components of the compensation, pay and benefits, are higher for government workers. Benefits contribute 40% to the overhead of a public sector employee, which reflects significant uh, public sector pensions. I've spoken over and over for years the fact that uh, the, the relationship between the government unions and the politicians is incestuous. Each one gives the other one what it wants, right? Uh, if the necessary increases in contributions, this doesn't like the numbers I gave you don't include the unfunded liability that they, that the government has not, is not funding properly for their pensions. If the necessary increases in contributions, uh, were considered, then the average total compensation pay and benefits for full-time city, county and state workers would go up to 139000 You remember I told you that the private sector guy or gal is bringing in 62475 Now when you add in all the unfunded liability, we got 62475 versus 139691 The public sector, again, public sector means government, right? Figures also understate the true cost per employee because they don't account for pre-funding of supplemental retirement health care. More, moreover, comparing compensation rates between public and private sectors based on these numbers doesn't account for differential rates of paid time off. Listen very closely to this. I've told you this over and over again. Many of these government workers only work about, well, 10 and a half to 11 months a year. According to the study, public sector employees typically receive 14 paid days off. Okay? That's more than two weeks. I'm sorry. Let me say that again. 14 paid holidays. So that's over two weeks, right, where, where other people may be working. They get 12 personal days. That's like mental health days. I'm, I'm feeling bad today, or I need to go take, take my kid to the doctor, right? So they get 14 days paid holidays. They get 12 personal days, and they get 20 or more vacation days. They typically receive that. Not everyone, but they typically Okay, so you got 14, 12, and 20. That's more than a month right there. Way more. That's a month and a half of days, depend, depending on your seniority, which tends to be higher than in the private sector. No question about that. Some people, are, as I mentioned, this one lady before got hired for Health and Human Services in Sutter County. She started out at 180000 and she got 
20, started off with 20 vacation days. Remember I said 20 more vacation days. What is 20, 20 vacation days? That's Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday. Got it? Four weeks. So why are public workers, the question they ask in this article is, why are public sector workers paid so much? Uh, the differences in how it says there are important caveats or reasons comparing compensation across workers of all types. Differences in how competition guides public versus private sector. In other words, they argue that in the public, the government, uh, there is no competition. It's a monopoly. So there's no real incentive to compete and keep your prices right and compete your outcomes high. That's why when I went into this government office, one of the county offices, to get assisted because there was a problem, and they made a problem. They made a, a, a mistake. I just watched the workers, and I can tell if they were in the private sector, they would not be working at such a casual play, pace. Private sector employees must provide, this is, this is non-government, private sector Private, I want you to think about this. Private sector employees must provide enough value to their organization so that it covers the full cost of the employment. Otherwise, the organization incurs a loss and the employee loses their job. In the public sector, the relationship changes significantly. One reason is that the public sector services are, are monopolies. They do not face any competition and therefore do not confront the competitive pressure that private sector organizations face. Of course, this competitive pressure in the private sector is what drives, what does it create? It creates efficiency, innovation, and other businesses ide business ideas that create new products, lower production costs, and offer high value for consumers. Now, I have noticed that uh, over the years, some in some places I've worked, they gave me cards to eat out. They know I, I, uh, single. So I, I eat out at places cause I get busy. And so they'd give me cards to eat at places. So I, I would eat at some of these chain restaurants and stuff where they'd give me cards for, and I would, I'm a, I'm an, an observer. So I would look at how people run their operation and I could tell that they were stepping up their operations, these different, um, outlets of you would recognize the names people like red robin chilies applebee's all these kind of chain restaurants and you could see when competition was picking up they picked up because they needed to stay in business in government there was no incentive they could close their doors half hour early an hour early nobody has they could uh put your stuff to the side. They could forget about you. They could put you, they, maybe they don't like you. A person doesn't like you. They will kick you to the curb. No compet, uh, there's no uh, impact on the outcome of their pay or how much they make. It says the impact of unionization manifests itself not only in current pay rates, rates, but also in the pensions and other benefits. In 2015, public sector workers in cities received only about 40000 in benefits, uh, split between 25000 for pensions and 15000 for other benefits. Uh, re not, re not received only, but nearly. 
As noted above, this understates the true cost of benefits because of pension underfunding. I'm going to keep on with this when we come back, but we're going to hear a couple clips right now. We'll be right back. Theater presents Comfort and Joy. The Wright family with their four lovely daughters are celebrating the most magical Christmas of all before the oldest one leaves the nest to be married. Jump forward 17 years. The Civil War is in full swing. Husbands and cousins and servants alike are off fighting for the Union. Christmas looks entirely different now. No decorations, no presents, no celebrations. But what they do have is family, love, and traditions that recall the most beautiful gift of all, God's baby son come to earth, the pure heart of Christmas. This original musical will stir hearts with the power of love and family when life becomes overwhelming and self-care is vital to carrying on. Join us December 9th through 13th at 7 p.m. nightly at the Embassy Theater at Glad Tidings in Yuba City. Admission is free. Why? Why do we never believe them? These people know. These people know. Who knows? The governments know. This has been well planned. This is Agenda 2030. This is the Great Reset. Somebody mentioned to go onto Google and go into the news section and then type in died suddenly. And lo and behold, here's a whole listing of people, of articles, of people within the, that last week who died suddenly. Older people, but a lot of younger people throughout around the world. And then you find out they were vaccinated. And so it's like, okay, so it's the vaccine might be causing this. Most people don't want to know what's in the vaccines. But yet when we open it almost two years into this, we find that it still says intentionally blank. In fact, nobody wants to know what's in the vaccines because, look, if people understood what was in the vaccine, they'd go apeshit. It's just there's something different about the blood. Something's causing this and something needs to be said. Somebody needs to look into it. I talked to other embalmers that have 30, 40, even 50 years of experience. Have you guys ever seen this stuff before? And the answer was always, I've never seen anything like it. Why is Bill Gates involved in public health? And why does public health 
spend the first part telling you how the world is overpopulating. And at first glance, this is a bit scary. U.S. life insurance companies have reported an overwhelming and unexplainable increase in all-cause deaths among 18 to 49-year-olds. That's a, that's a 12-sigma event, one in 800 years, 12 standard deviations above the mean. No one's even calculated that. It's apocalyptic. I thought he was protected with that visor. There's a huge part of me that feels a responsibility for everything that's happened. I'm so sorry. The doctor after a while came out and said, your son's dead, you can go home now. <clears throat> Who knows? Young people are dying these days. said to Mr. Hirschman, this is different. This isn't normal, is it? And he said, absolutely not. The dead can't speak for themselves, so therefore, I have to speak for them. We're connecting dots here. You know, there's no way that that type of obstruction would not cause stroke, heart failure. My sister died. Uh, she was 58, and she died suddenly on Friday of a heart attack. They will do with you what they feel like doing to you. It's the new bullet. It's the new missile. It's the new form of warfare. I want people to understand that we're in a fifth-generation warfare for the heart and the mind. This is the greatest orchestrated die-off in the history of the world. a lack of competition and a lack of transparency. Have you, have you ever tried to get information out of government? How long, how long did it take you to get it? Did they abide by the law? Most of the time I've asked for information. They never abide by the, the Howard, uh, the, uh, the Brown act, which is, uh, getting information out to people within 10 days of request. So it says we see a, a lack of competition and lack of transparency are driving extraordinary compensation growth. Unions have demanded high retirement benefits for their members in the form of pensions, and the public sector has acceded to these demands. So then it goes on to talk about um, – sorry, my phone – going off here the public sector the government it says simply kicks the can down the road in terms of these unfunded liabilities 
It says, why pay now if you don't have to and if you won't be held accountable later on? So what you have is generations of people retire out and they haven't raised. They've they've overpaid themselves. Nobody, you know, do you know anybody that feels like they've been overpaid? Government people think they earn every bit and they deserve every nickel plus more. It's interesting, but they're not willing to compare themselves to the private sector, nor to the performance of the private sector. The private sector can outperform government in every realm and do it cheaper and better. But the, but here's here's the thing that is behind all of it. Why pay now if you don't have to? And if you won't be held accountable, why confront politically expensive challenges today if you don't need to? That's what they're doing. And they'll either not confront it or they will get you to pay. They will get you to pay more money for it, like in terms of raising taxes. And they'll lie about how they're raising the tax. They'll say, well, it's going to really the big concern is public safety. It's always going to be public safety because that's. If you say we want to raise the pay of our department heads who are getting from anywhere from 250000 to 690000 uh, nobody's going to support that. That's crazy, right? Because they know they're only making $30,000, $40,000 a year. In the area around Sutter County, they're making a, an entire household's only bringing in fifty or $60,000 a year. And, but these people that are making two hundred and fifty, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars, are wanting us to raise taxes to give them more money. The question that's asked in this article is, when will this stop? Have you ever thought about that? Or I, I always think of how will it stop? Right. One way is to shrink government by closing down entire departments or the majority of the department and turning it over to the private sector. So this guy asked this question, when will this stop? Not till taxpayers demand that it's stopped and hold elected officials accountable for the cost and quality of public services. The cost of public services is exorbitant. The quality of public services in most cases you may think out there, county officials, that you provide a high quality of service. My argument to you is the private sector always outperforms you because if they don't, they go out of business because people can take their business somewhere else. So, alas, they say, the lack of transparency means that many taxpayers don't know the extent to what, to which uh, to what in the world's going on. Let me just put it that way. They have no idea what's going on or how, how it goes on or why it goes on, and they don't know how to fix it, therefore. How many voters do you know cast votes based on whether a candidate is supported by the firefighters, for instance, or the police, inferring that the back candidate is more interested in public safety, Right. I've seen so many people, oh, oh they're, they're, they're supporting the firefighters, and we like firefighters, and we like the police. No one stops to ask what the system is of how we're funding all this. And uh, let me ask you this. The California Policy Institute report shows that firefighters, for example, receive nearly $200,000 in annual average annual compensation. You hear what I said? Average. 
That means you take the highest salaries and the lowest and you average them and you get 200000 per person in California. But I didn't tell you this part. I'm going to tell you now. That's two hundred average annual con two hundred thousand compensation, but not counting unfunded pension liabilities. That may push it up to seventy five thousand more dollars per person. People, we cannot afford to pay firefighters no ma- or police officers, no matter how much you love them, that kind of money. And you know what the argument is from the union and the people in the county is well. If we don't pay them that, they'll go to the next county. At some point, somebody has to say, then go to the next county because this county cannot afford to pay those kinds of wages and not be able to pay the pensions. No county that I know of is is current with their pension commitments. And they're not just short. They're not like, oh, well, I left a couple thousand dollars on my credit card. I got to carry over to next month. No, 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 no. They're like 150 for these counties up in the north here, $150 million behind, $175 million behind. Unfunded, they call it unfunded liability. That means I promised to pay you to pay into your pension, but I couldn't right now. I'll do it later. So what we're doing is, you know, we, you know, people say how, unrighteous or evil or ungodly it is to to pay for some to commit to something now that your kids are going to have to pay for why would you dump debt on your kids or your grandkids and 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 we have all these guys and gals saying oh i'm a conservative conservatives that's not in our conservative thinking if you cannot afford it you don't buy it Or you find out another way to get it done, a cheaper way, a better way. But you don't dump the debt down the road somewhere where you're going to be gone and enjoying life and saying, oh, well, screw them. But that's what's going on in not just in Yuba and Sutter County, all over the, the, the uh, California. And this spells it out. And it's like an average of one hundred and forty thousand dollars. For government employees per year. And they're getting twice as much money, income and benefits, <coughs> as people out there that are actually paying the taxes to support them. It just isn't right. So let me mention a couple other people that are helping me uh, be on this uh, podcast today. And uh, one of them is Will Fanning and Josh James over at All Power Services just south of Yuba City at 1469 Stewart Road. They fix anything that you can bring to them that that has power involved in it. And that you can think of the smallest things down to a weed eater or a mower up to the biggest things, which is a big tractor, double dump trailer rig, or compressors or water blasters or all kinds of things. Anything that's got a motor to it, chainsaws, whatever, bring it in. They will fix it. They do not collect them. They take them. They find out what's wrong with them. They fix them. They give them back. 530, you can text or call 8440347. 530-8440-347. They are located at, again, 1469 Stewart Road. That's right off Highway 99. 
going west off Highway 99. Very easy to find. Also, let me give a shout-out to Allen's Auto Body. I just drove by there last night. And, uh, yep, they still got the big three-foot or four-foot wide yellow stripe around the corner there at Tea Garden and Sutter. That'd be their building. If you see yellow everywhere, that's Allen's Auto Body. And they will fix your car, whether you need to just make it new again or whether you need to do a repair. They got that down. They've been doing it. They're not practicing. They got a lot of years of experience over there. Kevin has been there for many, many, many years. Kevin Clark and his wife uh, are running that operation and their son's involved and maybe others. But Tea Garden at Sutter, dial them up. This is a landline, 530-671-1057-671-1057. So, uh, all right. If uh, by the way, if if anyone's listening from uh, around the Yuba Sutter area or, or uh, close by that wants that doesn't know about part of the ballot and hasn't researched it, some people are reaching out to me for the judge election, appellate court judges and Supreme Court judges. Uh, if you want loose picks, I'm not trying to convince you how to vote. I'm just uh, some people say I, I don't have time to figure this out. Can you tell me what you did? And that's all I do is tell you what I did. So if you want that, you can send me a text at 530-713-1838. Just give me your email and your your name and email and just say uh, PICS or something like that. Or if you want to uh, send me an email at lou at nohostagesradio.com, we can do it that way, Okay. Okay, let's get back into it here. I I just uh, continually, uh, every week, follow people dying. There are people dying in the United States at an unprecedented rate. In other words, you think, oh, well, Lou, isn't the number of people kind of the same every year dying? No, no, no. The insurance industry said it's a once in a lifetime. They've never seen anything like that in the history of statistics. It's way high. Um, and it's way high in, in areas that it normally isn't high. Uh, like in people that are normally healthy, like young people, that if they die, it's usually they get hit by a train or they fall off a roof or they drowned or something like that. They don't dr- die of a heart attack or blood clot, et cetera, et cetera. So there's, there's people of all ages are dying at a much higher rate internationally. But the people that pay attention to these things are morticians. Their business, of course, goes up. And the life insurance people, because they keep uh, they keep what they call actuarials, which are uh, keep track of what's going on here. So in the Epic Times, <clears throat> uh, there's an article that uh, it says scientists, doctors, uh, parents speak out about the harms of the COVID-19 vaccine. So it's interesting that today I'm doing this uh, because I got a call from a, a, a woman uh, in uh, in Yuba County, and I've known her and her family for many years. And I, uh, her daughter, her granddaughter, went with me to uh, Vietnam and China at one time when she was a teenager, and now her granddaughter is a. Uh, a dental, she specializes in periodontal problems, so she's a doctor, a dentist doctor, and uh, she's 36, 37, 38, something like that, 
And she called me to tell me that she, I haven't talked to this, this woman in years. She's married now with two kids and they live back East, but, uh, she had a pain in her stomach. She's fully vaccinated. And then she got a pain in her stomach. This is a mother. She's a healthy person. She's a good person. She doesn't do drugs. She doesn't do alcohol. She doesn't do wild things. Um, she's a, she's takes care of herself. Right. And she's vaccinated, unfortunately. So she came home from a trip and her, she had a lot of pain in her stomach. They thought, Oh, well, she probably ate something funky on a trip. Maybe she got an ulcer and they treated her for it. And, uh, so they, uh, they discovered she has stomach cancer. Now, one of the, the, uh, effects negative effects of the jab is cancer all kinds of cancer and it's triggering it because you inhibit the immune system this this uh injection it's stopping the fighting ability of the immune system against cancer because you always have a certain amount of errant cells in your system so my friend uh, told her grandma can you get a hold of lou and have him call me because she's wanting to talk because things are bad, really bad. They've operated on her and all that kind of stuff. She was healthy as a horse until she took the jab. <clears throat> so I was reading this today. It said just one day after she got a COVID-19 booster shot, Reagan Lewis, a 20-year-old nursing student at Colby Community College in Colby, Kansas, had a heart attack. I want you to think of the last time before, before COVID, before the COVID shots, the last time you heard of a teenager, 20-something, having a heart attack. I'm not talking about people that were born with a bad heart or, you know, had a malfunctioning heart to start out, but just people that just live life, 20, 18, 19, healthy years, heart's normal, they've had many checkups, many physicals, and all of a sudden they just drop dead. That's, that's crazy, people. This is COVID. This is COVID jab talk. Her mom, Connie Worth Lewis, desperately asked for prayers for her daughter in a public post on Facebook. She, she said, I can't say for sure that there is a link, but our beautiful 20-year-old healthy daughter had a COVID injection yesterday so she could participate in her clinicals. That's her, her schooling. Today, she went into cardiac arrest and has been flown to Kearney. She's on a ventilator and is fighting for her life. Please pray for her. Later that night, Regan Lewis died. As of, it says here, as of October 7th, 31,470 deaths have been reported to the Centers for Disease Control. These aren't just of all kinds of reasons. These are vaccine-related deaths from COVID vaccine. The, the VAERS reporting system claims that they only hear from about 1% of the problems. So you multiply 31,000 times 100 to get probably the real number of deaths because there's no real system to add all these things up. Okay? So there's a, a quite a large article. This is in uh, Epic Times, and uh, it's the issue. It's a weekly issue that comes out. This is for October 26th to November 1. But if you just uh, did a search on your search engine, just say scientists, doctors, parents speak out about harms of COVID-19 vaccines. It's a big article and it is uh, gnarly. And we have top doctors saying stop vaccinating people with this 
crazy chemical. Stop vaccinating people. So uh, I'm going to give you a couple other examples. I was just in my perusing each week, a guy named Adam Zimmer. Some of you football fans may know Adam Zimmer. Son of longtime Vikings coach Mike Zimmer is dead, and he's only 38 years of age. Now, my friend, who I just got, I got a caller. I just got this call a couple hours ago. She's 36, 37, 38. Same as Adam. Um, Adam, along with his his father, Mike, he worked in, as a football coach, and he was an assistant coach for 16 years. And uh, the death was confirmed by his sister in an Instagram post. They didn't reveal the cause of death, but it talked about his work with the New Orleans Saints, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And listen, people, you remember at the start of the COVID jabs, the football, all these football teams had to be jabbed. Remember that? And a lot of the basketball teams have. I've been waiting to see the impact because it's coming. You think, oh, no, you made a mistake, Lou. You said they're going to die, and they actually played last season. No, they're going to die. They are going to die. Uh, and, and some are dying instantly, as is in the case of this young nursing student. Uh, so then we have Cal- Cal- Colorado House Minority Leader. Is this significant enough for you? Hugh McKean dies suddenly from a heart attack. Hugh McKean is 55 years of age. You think, oh, he's heart heart attack material. Really? Well, maybe. Uh, But he just dropped dead, and uh, they call it natural. Isn't it interesting? No, No incentive to look at a connection to the COVID jab, right? Uh, Just boom, died. Then we have fully vaccinated and boosted food writer, Julie Powell, author of Julie and Julia. I guess it was a very uh, well-received book, Julie and Julia. She's dead from cardiac arrest. Julie Powell, 49 years of age, fully vaccinated, bragged about it, the whole thing. She tweeted about being vaccinated and boosted. She said, I got my booster. I'm going to get another booster. I'm going to get another booster. Then she started tweeting how she wasn't feeling well in recent weeks. All right, I got to take a break. We'll be right back to finish talking about this. This could use a brand new coat. That's not allowed. I'd warn you, don't. That guy is crapping on the ground. Happens. Wait, how's that even allowed? Because you're living in a clown world, a cool to pull your pants on down world. There's only one you can paint brown world. You'll never guess which one in clown world. The cost of rent is getting dear. We should build our new neighborhood here. Zoning forbids new housing builds. We were actually just going to throw up some tents and, you know, do some heroin. Well, that's acceptable in clown world. Hey, can't let children walk downtown world. They're playing hopscotch, look around world. They're avoiding needles. Oh, it's okay in clown world. He's 
save that disabled lady. Happy Saturday. So what's going on? Can we talk about Paul Pelosi? <laughs> I'm not laughing at violence. Violence is bad. Nobody needs to be doing any kind of violence. I condemn violence in every shape and form. But can we just talk about how a assailant broke in to a multimillionaire politician's home at 2.30 in the morning in his underwear with a hammer. And then Paul Pelosi says to him, I need to use the bathroom. And the, the underwear assailant said, oh, sure, no problem. And he just happens to call 911. 911 comes. And in the, when they see the cop, when he sees the cops, they're fighting and struggling oh, with a hammer. And he screams out in front of the cops, where's Nancy? <laughs> and the two men are both in their underwear. Now, reports are saying that the house maid called the police and didn't realize. There's, there's conflicting reports going on here, people. And all I know is two men were rolling around on the floor in their underwear at 2.30 in the morning. Nancy called home and said, what are your plans for tonight? And I think Paul Pelosi said, I think I'm going to get hammered. <laughs> I hate Matilda. <laughs> Paul Pelosi's fine, okay? I condemn violence. He's fine. He went to the hospital. You know, it's funny that all these left-wing lunatics, they're blaming President Trump for this. They're blaming MAGA Republicans for this. First of all, the man was a... Hemp smoking, hemp making, nudist. I mean, it was not any of his biography matches a Republican. Not saying that he couldn't be, but I mean, there's more to the story, okay? There's more to the story. How did he break in in his underwear? And when you see the picture of the glass that he broke, it's broken and the glass is on the outside of the house. And if he was outside and you break in a window, the glass usually falls inside. It doesn't kind of fall outside. But, you know, I'm not a detective. I'm just telling you what my common sense says, even though, you know, people have lost all your common sense. <laughs> Every day we get more demented. Okay, <laughs> I can't take it. I can't take it. I think it's hilarious. I mean, I don't think violence is hilarious. So so all you like left-wing cuckoo clocks, chill out because I condemn violence. Nobody should be beating the shit out of each other with any hammers, knives, guns, nothing, no wheeling machines. But maybe we should ban hammers now. I, can we put a ban on hammers? You know, I, 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 I don't know what to say. I mean, Rand Paul was assaulted and everybody cheered for Rand Paul being assaulted by Antifa. Steve Scalise was shot in a baseball field and nobody cared. Nobody condemned that. I mean, I mean, what kind of home invasion includes bathroom breaks? <laughs> Can I use the bathroom? Sure. <laughs> I mean... Ah, uh, please, there's so more to this story. There's so more. There's so more to it. It's like, I, I mean, they, they're, you know, uh, they're making all these things. I mean, the, the story's ludicrous. 
plain and simple. There's way more to the story, and it's going to come out that there's way more to the story. So that's my spiel. That's my opinion. We'll probably never see the real truth out of it, but all I have is a mental image of two men rolling around in their underwear and Paul Pelosi getting hammered. <laughs> Hasn't this guy got enough? Isn't he had enough news lately? <laughs> got arrested for DUI. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but these are elitists. Good for you. Good for you. All right, I'll talk to you later. So she hadn't been feeling well. She says, so as a vaccinated, boosted person, I've been tested for COVID. Is it possible for me to be at at this point? The long COVID thing worries me. But also, this is what she wrote. But also keep in mind that I'm a hypochondriac, Pal tweeted in June. In other words, she started not feeling good. And she was all fully vaccinated. And she followed all the rules from our government, trusting the government of the United States of America as if, it was 40 years ago. Pal also tweeted about not allowing unvaccinated relatives even into her home. She bought into the lie 100%. She said, my cousin won't get vaccinated, and I don't want to allow him in the house with my niece and nephew who are too young to get vaccinated. Unbelievable, right? She's dead. She is dead. Well, it's happening every single day, and... I'm grieved that my friend Lily back east is probably considers on her deathbed. They've cut her half her stomach out. They've uh, radiated her. They've done all the chemicals. They've doing all the stuff, and uh, she can't take care of herself. And she's got two little kids and a husband, and he works full time. Then we have fully vaxxed and boosted CDC director. You know, it's, it's concerning when I think I know more, even though I don't know medicine. I haven't been trained that way. But in my, in my studies of what's going on with all this, I feel like these people are completely, they have a spiritual blindness, which is affecting their ability to perceive everyday things. So, Centers for Disease Control, which I like to remind people, is not a government organization. It's a private drug-controlled organization. They're the big, biggest drug dealers in the world, much bigger than the cartel. The CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, she took over for a guy named Robert Redfield, who, who left during in the midst of the pandemic when things were getting dicey. He got out. In fact, you'll notice many medical people have retired, quit. Our uh, director of our hospital here quit. The director, I think, of Kaiser Permanente quit. Uh, so Director Rochelle Walensky, who took over last year uh, on Sunday, tested positive again in all caps for COVID in a rebound case after taking Paxlovid. You remember Paxlovid is another funky drug they can't get rid of, but Fauci said, oh, Paxlova will be good for this. So he, supposedly he took it first. Now 
Now, this is the second or third time Rochelle Walensky, fully vaccinated, fully boosted, has repeatedly getting COVID. And what you're going to see in honest reports is that the people that are continually getting sick are vaccinated people, not the unvaccinated. So fully vaxxed and boosted Walensky tested positive for the China virus last week, just one month after she received her latest booster. Why are they giving boosters? Because they say it doesn't last very long, the shot. But she, what do you got to get a booster every month? Well, you know who loves that? Big Pharma. Big Pharma, they want to boost you. They'd boost you every day if they could. If they could give, if they had to, if they could convince the diabetes people to do an injection a day, they would love it. Why? Because they're making money. It's like selling more hot dogs. Walensky and the globalist elite said that the vaccine would stop transmission. You remember that? In other words, if you just take the vaccine, if you don't want to take it for yourself, take it so you don't get the next guy sick. Remember that, that argument? Think of humanity. Sacrifice your life. And many young people took the jab for that reason, because they're purists. They're philanthropic. And you know what? They died trying to save other people, young people. So she took the vaccine, she took the boosters, and it didn't stop transmission. In fact, the Pfizer representative in Europe, speaking before the European Parliament, EU, uh, the European Union, said in, in in direct questioning is, did you know before you issued the vaccine that it would stop the infection of the virus and it would stop transmission? The lady said, we didn't know either. We had no idea. Incredible. That was not told to people to begin with. They said the, vaccina- the vaccinated people could quit wearing a mask. Then they found out they couldn't. They said the vaccinated would not get sick. They got sick. They said the vaccinated were not going to die. They died. And they're dying at an amazing rate. And the unvaccinated people have turned out to be the bright people. Walensky tested positive again just one week later after she started a course of Pfizer's antiviral drug Paxlovid. Then Walensky tested positive again on Sunday, 10 days after initially contracted the virus. It's interesting. I listened to a talk by an amazing guy that was an international airline pilot. He's a chiropractor, but he's also an expert on the immune system. I've never heard such a talk. Very practical. And he described how the PCR test, in other words, you if you look if you look at the microscopic con, uh, con contents of your nose, right? You do a swab of the nose, you're gonna find all kinds of debris there. And you're going to find all kinds of uh, bacteria there. But that does not mean you're sick with that. That just means it's present. Just like if you take a swab of your skin or your hair or under your arm, uh, you're going to find bacteria. 
and you're going to find viruses. It doesn't mean a thing. It just means that's life on the planet. And so that's considered outside the body. Penetrating inside the body is inside when it gets inside your bloodstream. And so where was the test? Where were the tests taken? They were taken outside your body. There's millions of viruses in the air. It standing six feet apart does nothing. A mask does nothing. There's millions of viruses inside, breathing inside and outside your lungs every single day. But inside and outside your lungs still is not inside your body. It's when they penetrate the, the, wall, the lining of the lungs and go into your system to where they start, they can make you ill. You with me? So these tests, constant tests, oh, you're positive, or, oh, my God, you see all the posts on social media, oh, I'm, I test, I'm, I have COVID. Not really. Not unless you're sick. Not unless you have symptoms. So all these tests and all these statistics are just for nothing. We could have done this 20 years ago and just come up with all these wild numbers to convince you to change your lifestyle. And it's just like, hey, we breathe stuff in. Just like if you wash your nose out every day, you will flush out. If it's, if it's summertime around here and dusty, you will clean out a lot of dust and pollen out of your nose just because that's your filter system. Same way if you have a central air conditioning, you can change the filters on your central air and you'll look at from when they're white till they're brown. And it just filters out of stuff, out stuff that you don't want in your, inside your house. <coughs> So all this fraud of PCR tests, so it's saying she keeps testing positive. What are they testing? They're, they're swabbing her nose, and they keep saying, oh, yeah. So then they, Walensky is in isolation and working remotely. How bizarre this is. This is totally, this is like, I don't know if you've read anything about Howard Hughes, the multi-bajillionaire Howard Hughes, the airplane uh, wealthy guy. Howard Hughes, who ended up his life paranoid of germs, living up in top of some hotel in Las Vegas, all wrapped up with breathing apparatus, fearing that any bug was going to get into his system, had no confidence in an immune system. So, and I don't know how many times people like President Biden have gotten virus over and tested positive for the virus or got the symptoms over and over and over again. And so why are they telling us to do all this stuff that doesn't work? It does not work. It didn't work keeping kids out of school. It didn't work shutting down businesses. It didn't work putting masks on people. In fact, it made people sick, putting masks on people, keeping people inside their homes. Many people got depressed, relapsed onto drugs and alcohol. Many people killed themselves intentionally, they weren't going to live like that. They wanted to go outside. Honestly, people, uh, the, the, uh, the remedy of our government now that's now involved in our medical lives, we can't have just a local doctor to deal with the, our feeling funky. Now it has to be prescribed by a federal government, and everything they offered was wrong. Not, not 10%, not 15, 50, 60, 70. Every single thing that they told us to do was absolutely wrong. And they're still endorsing 
the jab that years ago, if five or six people died from a, from a new drug that was out in the market, approved to be out, they would stop, they'd pull the drug off the shelves. Let me, let me just say this. If five or six people go into, I won't even mention a store because I don't want people to misconstrue anything. If people go into their favorite grocery store and they eat a certain thing and they immediately get ill and they go back to the store and they tell them, I got ill after I ate this frozen something or vegetable or whatever, <coughs> they will pull all those items off the shelf. Or if they go to a feed somewhere and they all eat the same food and a bunch of them get really sick, they will shut down that cater. But we have 30, 40, 50. I bet we have a couple hundred thousand deaths right now. If we are all properly reporting it from the jab. And they're still talking about injecting all our children with the jab. It's totally crazy. Totally crazy. I'm at the end of a cold. You get a cold this year yet? A lot of my friends, thank God they're quit talking about COVID. They just say, oh, yeah, I got a head cold. I got a cold. I got this. I got that. The other thing. Uh, Okay. I want to see what I can do here. Uh. By the way, in line with the COVID talk that I've been giving, Dr. Peter McCullough, who is the most heralded heart specialist in the United States of America, no one in history has been quoted or no one in history has written more papers on the heart than Peter McCullough. He's been ahead of one or two medical schools. He's been out of, uh, I think, University Baylor University out of Austin, Texas. I think he's also a renal kidney specialist. The unique thing about him, he's not only uh, a scholar, but he's a practicing physician, different from our local quote-unquote health officer or death officer. McCullough sees patients, and at the beginning of COVID— He actually recommended that people take the jab until his his uh, clients were having reactions to the jab. Then through his research, he he, he, you may have seen him speak for four subcommittees of the United States Senate. Uh, So as a result of his standing up against the uh, the lack of care given to patients in other words giving him remdesivir not remdesivir but uh, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or bedesonide or z z packs or d3 or quercetin or high doses of vitamin c zinc instead of coming up with any protocol for them uh he began to criticize the killing of people by putting them on the vent and on remdesivir. So in response to that, Big Pharma, which is behind all of this, is now, and and they 
control these medical boards. The American Board of Internal Medicine is moving forward with plans to strip cardiologist Dr. Peter McCullough of his medical certifications because of things he said about the Wuhan coronavirus that that run contrary to the official government-approved narrative. Our government is becoming communist, and basically they're saying what we says go even if it doesn't work. So if we say you can only use your own and get on the vent, that's all you can do. As a doctor, you cannot say anything else. That's what they're wanting to do, and that's what California is trying to do as well. So the ABIM, this medical organization, they notified McCullough, and they called him out for suggesting that healthy people under the age of 50 do not need to get the vaccine for the Chinese flu. You know, anyway, I don't, I'm not going to go into all the details. I got plenty of other stuff to talk about. I'm just telling you that what we have is a government that is becoming dictatorial, totalitarian, and authoritarian. In other words, they're managing your every move. And that that's a federal government. And some of the state governments are doing the same. My point in saying all this is, it's totally contrary to what the founders wanted. They didn't want a big federal government. They didn't want a federal government involved in medicine, involved in education, involved in welfare. The, the federal government should be involved in protecting us from foreign invaders and then also get involved in some kind of interstate or intrastate commerce. But other than that, not get involved in the lives of peoples that live in states. We don't live... In the United States, we live in individual states that happen to be comprised into a United States. And that should be governed. The the wares and with withalls of life should be governed by the local states, not a federal government. <clears throat> so McCullough showed cases of blood clotting post-injection after the jab, as well as failing immunity post-jab due to the vaccine-induced AIDS. Did you hear me right? Did you remember AIDS in the 1980s when it started? The vaccine, the, the COVID jab is creating AIDS. What, what do you remember about AIDS? What was it about AIDS that was so unique and destructive? It destroyed the immune system. It shut the immune system down. It, or however you want to look at it. It cut it off. It compromised it. The immune system is what stands in the way of any foreign uh, substance coming into your system and trying to stir the pot and create sickness. If that immune system goes down, your history, even with the smallest bug. He also, uh, McCullough also presented sound scientific evidence in support of natural immunity, suggesting that it's far superior to jab induced immunity which wanes completely away and turns negative within months. Now, the interesting thing about McCullough and guys like uh, Atlas that uh, worked in, uh, oh, worked in, it's uh, a professor for Stanford University and actually was a practicing doctor. The difference between a lot of these characters that are quote unquote medical people compared to McCullough and Scott Atlas is that McCullough and Atlas are scientists and they support their thinking and their conclusions and their protocols with 
data. That's why it says he showed cases of he he presented scientific data and he showed cases of blood clotting post injection. I don't know whether you've seen any videos of them opening a hole and going into your vein or your artery and pulling out long strands of coagulated blood trying to open up that artery. That's what the shot's doing with these spike proteins. He also, he, he, in other words, over and over in this article, it said he, pre, he presented scientific data. He presented scientific evidence based on his own medical opinion crafted from the best information that science currently has to offer. McCullough has concluded that people who naturally recover from COVID without any vaccines now have robust and durable commu- immunity against the severe outcomes of adjudicated COVID-19 hospitalization, on and on and on. Uh, So I wanted to mention that because that's happening to doctors around the United States. They have been blackballed. They have been having licenses uh, removed uh, or um, scratched. I'll talk about that more in just a minute. We'll be right back. California Governor Gavin Newsom is running for president. So when a mentally ill, homeless drug addict who's committed crime after crime in his state and was never deported attacks Paul Pelosi with a hammer, Gavin Newsom has to blame anybody but himself. And Gavin Newsom thinks Jesse Waters is to blame for Paul Pelosi getting hammered. I've seen the dehumanization of Nancy Pelosi. I don't think anyone's been dehumanized like she has consistently. I mean, I watched this one guy, was it Jesse Waters or something on Fox News? What he's been saying about Paul Pelosi the last five, six months, mocking him consistently. Don't tell me that's not aiding and betting all this. Of course it is. They're sowing the seeds of creating a culture and a climate like this. I mean, it's, it's, look online. Look at the sewage that is online that they amplify on these networks and in social media to dehumanize people like Nancy Pelosi and other political leaders. First of all, Gav, thanks for watching, but let's set the record straight. Paul Pelosi got drunk and nearly killed someone with his car. And then the Napa County DA, hey, Allie, made it go away. We reported that Paul Pelosi got special treatment and mocked him for trying to bribe officers with a PBA donor card. We had to wait forever to get to the bottom of what happened that night, and there's still questions we have. But Gavin Newsom thinks if you mock a Democrat, it puts him on a target list. So Gavin's saying that by saying that he uses more hair gel than John Travolta in Greece, it's going to make people show up to his house with hammers. We've always said Gavin's biggest flaw, he's not very smart. The deranged drug addict who talks to fairies and lives on a school bus didn't watch prime time and head on over to Pelosi's house with a hammer. And has Gavin read the affidavit? Because DePape wasn't going over there to get Paul. He was going there for Nancy. If anything, Gavin Newsom has done more to aid and abet this attack on Paul Pelosi than anybody. David DePape is a homeless criminal and an illegal alien. DePape overstayed his visa for years, committed crimes. California is a sanctuary state, so he was never deported. So let me ask you a question. Who's more at fault here? The governor who didn't deport the deranged drug addict felon who thinks he's Jesus? Or the news guy who fairly covered Paul's DUI case? I think we both know the answer. 
But it's not just me they're targeting. Joe Biden managed to blame the entire Republican Party. You can't condemn the violence unless you condemn those people who continue to argue the election was not real, that it's being stolen, that all the, all the malarkey that's being put out there to undermine democracy. You can't just apologize and say the violence. It affects people's mentality. It affects how people think. Condemn what produces the violence. And this talk produces the violence. And then the media blamed the Paul Pelosi attack on January 6th. Police say zip ties were found at the scene, just like the ones found on those who were hunting Nancy Pelosi at the Capitol on January 6th. And that's not the only similarity. Zip ties. He had zip ties with him. What does that tell you? Uh, and duct tape and was asking for Nancy that this was a violent act targeted against the Speaker of the House. There's a performative nature of, of the political violence we've seen. We saw it on, on January 6th. It was very similar to January 6th. It's reports that the same chant was used by this guy they have in custody that was used on January 6th in the attacks on the U.S. Capitol. I'm not making this up. Do you know who also had zip ties? Nicholas Roski. Sound familiar? That was the liberal fanatic who tried to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh. He also had duct tape, a hammer, a gun, and a crowbar. But for some reason, the media forgot all about that story. The Democrats accused Kavanaugh of racism, gang rape, drugging women, then leaked that he was going to overturn Roe v. Wade, and a madman zipped across the country ready to kill. Did the media blame themselves? Did the media tone down their language? No. The media dropped the story like a bad habit. And now CBS is demanding Republicans drop their ads before the midterms. Republican candidates have spent more than $116 million on ads that mention Speaker Pelosi by name in this cycle. If this is about the issues, why should not make it about the issues? Why not depersonalize it? It is absolutely about the issues. We are eight the days result. out. Don't you think this needs to change? Why not Again. pull some of these ads? I see. So no one's allowed to criticize Nancy's politics ever again, especially not before a wave. We're just supposed to lay down and let Democrats win and pull the ads. They're not mentioning that David DePape's ex said he was an Obama guy and a progressive. But the media and the left are jumping on the Republicans are to blame wagon. When the Bernie bro who shot Steve Scalise, did you hear any of us blaming Bernie? But the same can't be said for members of the media who celebrated attacks on Republicans, like when Rand Paul got his ribs cracked by his neighbor and MSNBC gushed about how it was one of their favorite stories. New details today on the incident that left Senator Rand Paul with six broken ribs. This might be one of my favorite stories. <laughs> Don't you love when Republican senators' ribs get cracked? It was one of their favorite stories. How come Gavin Newsom didn't say anything about that? So this, uh, this article, um, it says, not the virus. Deaths among teens and 20-somethings soar following COVID vaccine release. In other words, the virus didn't kill them. 
the shot killed him. Okay. And uh, this just came out yesterday. Said verse during the first two and a half years of Wuhan coronavirus scandemic, scamdemic, because the fraud, some 150,000 excess deaths occurred in America under the age of 45. Half of those deaths we now know occurred just in the last year since the vaccines were introduced under Operation Warp Speed. Why are so many people dying, you might ask? The, the answer is certainly not because of COVID. Prior to the jab, those excess deaths likely occurred because of the trauma and terror of lockdowns, mask mandates, and forced societal collapse. The rest occurred because of the injections. Uh, related actuarial data also points to clot shots as a major culprit in all these excess deaths. That's what the vaccine is being called, a clot shot. I have people I know. Listen, I have now, unfortunately, I'm not happy about it. I have people I know in every one of these situations. Blood clots, death, cancer, cervical cancer, crash of the platelets, heart attacks, all of it. Joel Smalley wrote a detailed article for Substack blog. He says, as bad as things were and are for under 45s, it is a whole lot worse for the under 25s. Whether you think it is a collateral, collateral harms of earlier interventions of the mass mRNA experiment, it is a tragic, indisputable fact that young Americans are dying at substantially higher rates in more recent times than in the COVID epidemic. I'm just curious, he said, if you lost a young loved one in America, aren't you curious too? We're looking at almost 4 million excess life years lost since the start of mRNA experiment. How does that compare to COVID life years prior to that date? Does anybody care? If you hear about a young person dying that you've gone to school with or maybe was a classmate of your kids, does it gnaw at you like, why did he die? Was it fentanyl? Did he harm himself, right? You ever wondered? I think you do. People call me. Hey, do you, do you hear so-and-so died? Do you know what he died of? Do you think that the county health officer cares about that? She doesn't because she doesn't want it to look bad. Because you know why? Because she bought this thing and promoted and encouraged people to take a jab that killed them. Made them sick. Just two months after Donald Trump's unleashed Operation Warp Speed on the world, there were already 1,200 more than average deaths reported in the under-25 de demographic in the United States. <coughs> Listen, people, that people pay attention to these things. And actually, they're, even outside of COVID, if you want to look up, there's plenty of websites that you can track Com year yearly comparisons to death from COPD, gunshots to the head, or suicide, different types of suicide, diabetes, cancer, heart attack. It says, keep in mind that under 25s had not 
really even gotten the green light to roll up their sleeves at that particular point in time. It would be around this time that the government really start pushing younger people to get jabbed, resulting in an even greater spike in excess deaths. A year later, by the end of February 22, deaths under 25 had had increased to around 6,000 or five times more than normal. People are keeping track of these things. And it's higher than they're keeping track of because not all doctors even take time to report it to the proper places. It's a big hassle to report to the vaccine adverse event site. All right, so I want to give you some information here. There's a lawsuit. Uh, you, you may have heard last week, I, I think I talked about a law, lawsuit in New York, one of many, that Supreme Court Judge Porzio ruled on that uh, the New York City must rehire and give back pay to those fired over the vaccine mandate, which were a lot of their sanitation workers and other workers. So the question is, what does this mean for California? I also wrote an article about the 21 firefighters at San Francisco Fire Department that were fired for not taking the jab. And a judge down there uh, ruled that they could go ahead and sue. They had enough evidence and they were mistreated, subject of maltreatment, uh, abuse, employee abuse uh, by the city of San Francisco that he authorized them. They could go ahead and file a formal lawsuit. So now uh, on October 31st, attorneys Daniel R. Webb Watkins and Michael Hamilton filed a lawsuit on behalf of 400 California nurses against Kaiser Permanente for religious discrimination. Why? Because in their, in their employment code, they have an option for religious uh, exemption to a protocol or procedure if it violates their religious beliefs. And Kaiser just said, forget that. We're not going to follow that, and we're not giving any exemptions. You need to just take the jab. Each of the 400 plaintiffs, that's the people that are fighting against Kaiser Permanente, that's their plaintiff is, they're bringing a charge against Kaiser Permanente. Each of the 400 plaintiffs requested a religious exemption from the vaccination policy as a reasonable accommodation for their sincerely held religious beliefs. In response and in violation of the law, each of these employees received a blanket denial of their request. This blanket denial evidenced an intentional disregard of their request and a clear violation of employees' rights under the law. That's just, that's not complicated, people. You don't need to be an attorney to know these things. Employees have a lot of rights, and they're reasonable rights. And so there's a meeting. I don't have a phone number right here. You can look up Daniel R. Watkins. He's out of California. I had the name of his firm last week. And then there's a Michael Hamilton. He's out of Kentucky, but he's practicing here as well in California. But they have a press conference, and it's actually 
it's uh, over at this point. It was earlier today. Uh, and it was going to be conducted down in Murrieta, California. So that press conference, uh, we should hear what happened on that pretty soon. And maybe we'll talk more about it on the live show on Saturday. But they are also suing uh, down people down in uh, Kentucky. But you know that there is already uh, precedent for a large medical operation called North Shore in, outside of Chicago. Uh, they found against them, and I think they have to, I, don't, I can't remember how many people uh, joined in on that uh, lawsuit, but I believe it was a Christian legal society that took that on uh, and won that. And they're winning a number of them, also in military. But still, some of my friends have taken the jab because they were under pressure and they thought they could get by. Maybe it'll make them sick. No, it's not going to just make you sick. It's going to kill you. So within a few years, unless God does a miracle in your life, you're you're going to die because some simple little bug is going to take you totally out. And that's just the way that is. So uh, let me let me jump in here and give a shout out for a couple other people that are helping us uh, stay on the air. And that's Thrifty Rooter. And you can go to their website at thriftyrooter.net to see the amazing uh, myriad of services that they offer. You think, oh, well, they just unplug your line or they repair a leak. They do all that, but they do a lot more. And you can read about it at thriftyrooter, that's R-O-O-T-E-R.net. And um, I used to just pitch them as Yuba Sutter and a little bit beyond, but I learned from uh, Carla Artemenko, the one of the owners that had they've been owning this thing for over 40 years, running this this operation, and she said Lou were in Yuba, Sutter, I think she said Butte, and Nevada, and then also in Lincoln, Lincoln, California. That's that's a big bunch of areas. So if you want their help, if you have a a, a plumbing problem. Even if it's a septic tank problem, they could pump. They got big tanks, uh, tanker trucks that can pump. They could help you with your septic as well. So you can communicate with them off that website, thriftyrooter.net, or you can just dial them up at a landline, 530-673-8201, 673-8201. And then let me mention North Valley Paralegal, which is located just down the street from Allen's Auto Body on Sutter Street at 751 Sutter. And uh, the paralegals there will get stuff done faster, cheaper, nicer, better than the local attorneys. Many local attorneys turn stuff over to this paralegal firm, as well as when they go on vacation, they turn things over to them. And sometimes they fix what the attorney did wrong. So you can dial them up at 530-751-9289, Talk to Nellie, and she will get you squared away and help you. And she will. she's a hard—I don't know anybody harder working than Nellie Garcia. So check that out. Also, uh, I'm going to cover, I think before it's over here, about fentanyl and, the, and how much fentanyl deaths have gone up. In California, but uh, in 
in the fight against that, Dr. Cassidy and I, I kind of just a gopher and a coordinator getting people in off the street. Dr. Cassidy and I decided we needed to do something because the government wasn't responding to the needs of this terrible crisis with fentanyl. But we will work with all kinds of addicts from tobacco smokers on up to fentanyl, everything in between, alcohol, everything. And uh, so we want you to go sign up at Peachtree Health and just ask for an appointment with Dr. Cassidy, and we will take it from there. You don't have to go through interviews, government interviews, all that stuff right now. Just get in and get off the street, and let's get, get you off fentanyl and on something, a medication that will take your withdrawals away and also take the desire away to use. So if you dial Peachtree Health at 530-749-3242, 749-3242, and just ask for Dr. Cassidy, and uh, if you have problems getting through to him, I'm going to give you his cell number, but don't call it. Just text it one time during the day. 530-682-8648-682-8648. Then just put in your name, put in the word addiction, and your phone number, okay? If for some reason there's a delay in getting back to you, you can always call me and I will talk to you or I will text with you. And that's at 530-713-1838. So Dr. Cassie and I, you can text us anytime, uh, any day of the week. Uh, for him, I wouldn't text him at night. A lot will wake him up. He works long hours. And for me, I don't really care, night or day, talk or text. Okay, 530-713-1838. Okay, let's get back to the thick of it here. Um, okay. Let me see if I can find out where I was. Okay. Okay, so I was uh I was talking about that lawsuit for the guys down south here. And uh, there's another thing going on that uh, the Children's Health Defense Fund, or not the Children's Health Defense Fund, it's childrenshealthdefense.org, or CHD. They're looking for plaintiffs. That means people that have been hurt and want to file a lawsuit uh, that want to challenge Wi-Fi in the schools. Now, it's interesting that this came up because this issue has come before both city councils in Yuba City and Marysville, and I believe Marysville endorsed going to 5G, which is real trouble. And uh, I had a gal that uh, uh, I know her family, and I know her through other situations that I don't want to bring up on the radio here, uh, get her in trouble with her job, but she has a newborn that got cancer. And he had to be treated pretty intensely, and so you you have to ask yourself, how do newborns, youngsters, toddlers get cancer? And she said, Lou, uh, they're, they're talking about putting a 5G tower near my work, right in where I work. And she said, I'm very concerned about it. And so I said, I'm surprised that you, most people don't know much about 5G, that it causes all kinds of illnesses. So Children's Health Defense Fund is seeking plaintiffs for lawsuits challenging Wi-Fi in schools <coughs> and cell towers and small cells in residential neighborhoods. So you remember 
20 years ago, they started putting in these big cell towers for cell phones. Now these small cells are just small units that are stuck all over the community. They want them more often in the community. So they're not that big, but they're putting out vibrations, sound waves that are affecting our health. And Marysville City Council have endorsed it. It's interesting how these guys endorse these things. You ever see uh, the movie Erin Brockovich, I think, where she sued, where she helped sue PG&E when they were poisoning the water uh, with their chemicals, industrial chemicals? I think we're going to end up in one of these things if we last very long. It says, our litigation efforts aim to protect children and other vulnerable populations, including pregnant women and those suffering from electromagnetic sensitivity from, from harmful levels of radio frequency, or, or RF, they call it, or radiation exposure. And listen, you know very well that uh, I can drive into my driveway and I can just press a little, it's just a plastic box, and in my car, it's just I can hold it in my hand, it's got a battery in it, and I just press it, and I can't hear a thing, and my garage door opens. Now, what you can't see, some people you say, what you can't, what you don't know won't hurt you. That is a lie. What you can't see won't hurt you. That's a lie. What you can't see and what you don't know can always hurt you. And in the invisible realm, uh, they can send electromagnetic charge and kill you. The government can right now. I'm not debating that. I'm just telling you what the facts are. They don't need to have a bullet or a bow and arrow or a grenade. They can do it with electric, electrical charge coming right through the air, not through a line. And did you realize that electricity does not flow? I always thought it flows inside the line on those big towers. It does not. It flows around them. So if you've had a child that you think or maybe uh, someone else that that has been gotten really sick because of these types of uh, invisible influences, they are suing places. So it says to be a plaintiff in our case, challenging Wi-Fi in the schools. We're looking for children that are junior in high school or younger. A child must attend a school with Wi-Fi access, and the child must suffer adverse health effects, symptoms from EMS, electromagnetic sensitivity, from the Wi-Fi exposure. Then they're looking at plaintiffs uh, challenging cell towers. One's challenging Wi-Fi in schools. The other's challenging cell towers and small cells in residential areas. And so... (coughs) They want the family or the family member must live near a cell tower or small cell. The family or family member must suffer adverse health effects, EMS, or other symptoms from cell tower or small cell exposure. Now, you can either, if you've got that situation, I'm going to give you two options. You can reach out to go on to childrenshealthdefense.org. And they probably have a place for you to sign up. Otherwise, you can send me some information and I can forward you their link or their email where you where you fill out the blanks and send it on in. Okay, 
because they want to talk to you. Okay, so I'm going to take a break here, and we got five uh, segments, five and six coming up. So hang tight if you want. My Maria, don't you know I've come a long, long way? I've been longing to see her when she's around. She takes my blues away. The sunlight surely hurts my eyes I'm a lonely dreamer on a highway in the sky I'm not anti-gay. I'm not anti-transgender. I'm not anti any of these things. What, I'm, what I am anti is propagating your worldview on other people's children. If you're gay and you can't have kids, why do you now believe it's your right to go to other people's kids and tell them how to think? If you've decided that the type of sex you want to have will prevent you from recreate, from procreating. That's your decision, right? You've decided that having sex with women isn't worth it for you. You don't want to have children. You want to have sex with men. Fine, your decision and you're entitled to it. That does not give you the entitlement to go to other people's families who did decide to have children and raise them and try and program their children. Leave the kids alone. You can be as transgender as you like. Don't come talk to my kid about it. That's my child. I will program my child with my worldviews. I raise them. I pay for them. They're my kid. They're not your kid. And they're not the government's kid. When I was born in North Korea, we did not even have the word for love or freedom. So this is why it gets really concerning right now, living in America. There's a huge force trying to control what we can say, what we cannot say. What word is allowed, what word is not allowed. Now, at Colombia, they say, I cannot say the word white because it's oppressive to some people. <laughs> exactly. And in North Korea, they did the exact same thing. They removed the word like human rights and freedom and free market, of course. So we did not even know what that was. But my grandmother knew, but they kept it silent because they were afraid of getting killed by the regime. So after reading that book, I still somehow faced heavy discrimination in South Korea. Even though we are same people, South Koreans were not used to having immigrants. Unlike Americans, this country is a, a country of immigrants. So I decided to go to the promised land, to America, the best country in the entire human history. This is just not the best country in the contemporary world. This is the best world, best country in the entire our existence. So I came to America, and I wanted to go to the best university to study. So I applied for Columbia University in New York. And I came. And I had amazing dreams, like, you know, becoming an American was more worth than winning 1,000 lotteries. I couldn't believe, like, why can you, how can you be depressed if you're American? Like, you are free. <laughs> I couldn't understand why there are home, like, homeless people on the street. And first, very orientation at Columbia University. The professor were telling me uh, that all the problem that exists and that we had is because of white men, because of the capitalism. So that really made me think, like, somehow did I like time travel back to North Korean classroom? 
Actually, there's a meme they say actually Kim Jong Un attended Colombia and perfected his you know, ideology on hating West and taught us in North Korea the exact same narrative. I believe that. And and then I one day I asked my professor like, oh, I mean I do think men and women are equal, but we are not the same. And professor tells me, you mean you are brainwashed. <laughs> And it was horrendous. Every orientation, every class, right before the class. Even before I get to my classmate as an individual, what they like, what's their favorite food, what they like to do. My first job is remembering their pronouns. If you don't, you, you are a bigot. You might get kicked out of the university. So instead of like in the lecture, there's like a survey lecture, it's like 50, 60, 100 students. All I need to pay attention to is like, oh, what was it? Like they pronoun, right? And it makes you paranoid. And the professor telling you that we need to stay woke because the enemies, the systemic oppression is everywhere. Exactly what North Korean regime does, making us paranoid, making people not trusting each other to divide people. And here's another really same thing that I cannot believe was happening in America is, my professors were telling me that math is a racist. And <laughs> math is a construct of white men. So I was like, that's interesting. I remember this story because I remember at seven, going to North Korean classroom, my professor one day asked me, Yumi, what is one plus one? So what do you say? Two, right? Yeah. But my dear leader found that's not the truth because if you add one drop of water and then to add another drop of water, what does it become? It becomes bigger one. So it's not two. <laughs> that's why math is racist and white men's construct. So you should not believe the math. Exact same narratives are happening in the heart of America, in Manhattan, in the one of the best academic institutions was happening. So that's when I realized I actually might lose this country again. Like I someday I thought like maybe do I bring dictatorship wherever I go? <laughs> Is this some my like life luck that I need to keep fighting tyranny or something? <laughs> Cause when I come to America I didn't expect this. We're here at segment five, and um, let me just mention a couple other people that are helping me on the air here, and that is Dave Greenis Construction, and uh, Dave has been around here for over 40 years in the Yuba Sutter County's area, and, and he is <clears throat> the guy who people think of most readily as doing the best bathrooms and uh, kitchen remodels that are just extraordinary and uh 
and the unique thing he's got a, a lot of unique things about him none in itself you should use him for but uh altogether it's an amazing package one is he's honest person and got f- over 40 years of experience number two is he answers his phone if he doesn't answer it the first time you call he will get back to you within usually a portion of an hour uh, but you could reach him a lot of other ways. He's made it very easy. So you can go to his greenitsconstruction.com website, green, the, the the color with E-T-Z on the end, greenitsconstruction.com a website, and you could look at his before and after work. Like this is what we started with. This is how we changed the floor plan. And then this is the, the photos of what it looked like when they walked back in and took control again. He could, you can also see similar things at Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. If, if you want to dial him up or text him, you can use 530-682-9602. 530-682-9602. And he will, uh, he, he's the best. So you may have to wait. He's got plenty of business. Sometimes he asks me, I don't know why I advertise, but he's got plenty of business. You may have to wait a bit, but it's just not him and one crew. They got a multiple crews and they got a multiple projects going on at one time. So just want to give you a heads up there. Also plumbing doctor, my friend, Ted Holmes, Ted getting ready here in a few days to go to Mexico to work for a few weeks on an orphanage just as a donation. But his People at Plumbing Doctor and Liftoff Floor Removal and his construction crew will continue to work, but we're here to talk about Plumbing Doctor. And so if you need any plumbing work done in the Yuba Center area, you can also call Plumbing Doctor at 530-671-9111. All these plumbing doctors and thrifty rooters, all these places will get to you right away. They'll come seven days a week if you want. Of course, it's better if it's five days a week during the main part of the week, but they're set up to operate around the clock and uh, they will take the pressure off. So for plumbing, Dr. Five, three, zero, six, seven, one, nine, one, one, one. All right, let's get back to it. I want to get down here and I want to talk a little bit about the drug situation. Um, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, I have a new computer. I My old computer just got tired, and I could feel it getting tired, so I started to shop. And my, uh, by the way, if, you, if you're up here in Yuba Sutter and you need a good techie person, I got a great one. She lives right across the street from me, and she's been my tech lady for many, many, many years and does a great job. And she got a, it's an amazing when you get an award, you know, an girl or an attaboy. Uh, but she got a financial award or award from the United States Air Force, and I was so proud of her. And what she did for the Air Force for 20-some years is she worked in the technology and IT. And she came up with some ideas on how to do things different at Beale Air Force Base. Her name's Rhonda Cameron. And she came up with some ways to save the taxpayers and the U.S. government lots of money. And they gave her, she didn't do this to get a financial reward or award. Uh, 
she did it just because she said, hey, I need, I'm doing a great job. I'm trying to do a great job, right? And so before she got out, she got this award. And I thought, oh, man, I know that person. She lives on my block. That's cool. So anyway, if you're in the Yuba Sutter area, I don't have her number right at hand, but if you want to give me a text at 530-713-1838, I will send you her, her information. And she uh, uh, just works. Uh, she's mobile. She works out of her house like I do. And she just takes her technology and she can work from home or she can work at your place and get you straightened up. So whether you're wanting to set up a new laptop like I did and hook it up to all the devices and all the programs and all the stuff and get all the passwords straightened out and all that, or if you're a big business, uh, she can help either one. She's got, got you going. Her name's Rhonda Cameron, and she's she's a good lady. I've known her for many. She and I have lived here the longest of anybody on our block. And I knew her when she was in the Air Force, when her child was little bitty, and now her child is a professional down in Sacramento and got it going on. So life goes on, doesn't it? So if you need some, I know sometimes people, you you, you have a computer problem, and you're like, oh, I, you know, it just stops you, right? It stops you. So uh, anyway, the title of this article is kind of interesting. It says, we are not trying to scare you. Does that scare you? When people tell me that, I think, okay, okay, okay. I think there's something serious coming right now. We are not trying to scare you. It says in Can- in California, fentanyl now uh, is the cause of one out of five of every youth deaths. Now, you know, I've said this many times before. Young people typically do not die of a disease. <coughs> And that included before COVID, before or after, before, during, or after. COVID had no impact on on just healthy young people. They're basically immune to it. Uh, the COVID shots is killing them. We talked about that earlier, right? But what's going on with fentanyl? So I, I've been telling people for years. Back in the day, I told kids in juvenile hall this weekend that I'm so old that I predate the the drug scene, and they don't even know what to think about that. And I said people used to just get drunk, get high on alcohol, and you could you could be really stupid, and you could, as a young person, you could get so drunk that usually the body, before you die from being drunk, it will cause you to get really sick, and it'll vomit out your insides, and save you from dying. Very few people die of alcohol poisoning as such. And so most young people would just make a big stupid and crash the car. And most of them would survive. Some of them would, the car would kill them or the car crash because they were drunk, et cetera, et cetera. So nowadays, and then when marijuana came along, along in LSD and acid or acid and LSD, same thing. And, um, cocaine, heroin, General, sometimes people would overdose of heroin. They didn't know how, how strong the heroin was. But then a thing came along called fentanyl. And fentanyl uh, was used as a painkiller in the medical profession. And they had pain patches that, that they'd slap on your back, on your spine, where the pain was. And it, had, it would release fentanyl in there. And, of course, they had a control on it. And they knew how much you could take. 
But then the Chinese government began to create fentanyl, and they would they were exporting it into Mexico for the United States. And uh, fentanyl, uh, you might have heard, it's 50 times stronger than heroin and 100 times stronger than morphine. The point is that if you shake your salt shaker and shake out maybe three three granules of salt, that that amount of fentanyl, the same as the three gran, granules of salt, say, would kill you. And they're adding fentanyl into other drugs that normally kids are buying, and uh, they don't know. They don't. No one tells them that there's fentanyl in, fentanyl in it, right? So by accident, a kid's wanting to take take a Xanax or take a something and drink a beer and get a little buzz on after the football game on Friday night, and he dies. Why? Not because he wanted to die or he wanted to end his life or he was. Uh, want to be the life of the party and do more than everybody else. He just did not know that a very toxic couple grains was added to a pill that he normally would take with no big deal. So this guy say this guy named Jan Blom said he knew little about fentanyl when his 17 year old son Linus went to take a nap in their Los Gatos home in July, 2020. By mid-morning, Blum discovered Linus' lifeless body in his bed. Cause of death? A Percocet pill laced with powerful synthetic opioid that has fueled an unprecedented rise in drug-related deaths across California and now is targeting its young people. So this is an article about California. There's been big fentanyl problems in urban areas around the country. Last year, fentanyl... It's talking about California <clears throat> was the cause of one fifth of the deaths in the 15 to 24 age group with the total more than six times the number it killed just three years earlier. I want you to think about that now. Just think about it. The problem is there's some people like I was with a, a girl that I've known, known for many years. She struggled with drugs for many years. She started out as a teen now she's a mom in her mid-30s probably, and she told me she's been smoking fentanyl. So they take it all kinds of ways. For most of his life, Linus had been a stellar student and an avid high school wrestler who aspired to compete for the national team in his native of Finland, native country of Finland. But he started taking pills he found online as well as a way— uh, his dad believes it's a way to handle the intense pressure to succeed academically in Silicon Valley Valley. So they must've moved from Finland to Silicon Valley because his dad's probably an engineer down there. And so, uh, the son was, uh, going to school down there at Silicon Valley down around San Jose, California. Suddenly Linus has become a casualty of a drug 50 times stronger than heroin that has exploded across the country in the last half decade, but largely uh, largely it has not affected the West Coast until this initial surge recently. Fentanyl overdoses are leaving their toll uh, all over. In fact, Yuba County, where I'm sitting right now, uh, has a particularly high rate per thousand of fentanyl deaths in general, not just kids, just talking about young people. <laughs> Fentanyl overdoses killed about 4,000 people 
in California, that's people, all kinds of people, in 2020, 4,000. That's more than double the previous year. So 2019, at the start of COVID, about 2,000. Doubled to 4,000 in 2020. I don't know what it is today. As trafficking uh, routes from Mexico hardened and unusually, it's a very cheap drug. It's a very powerful drug. It's a very cheap drug. I've never tried it. Um, last year, California's death rate from all drug overdoses surpassed that of lung cancer. You know, usually lung cancer is a big killer. Heart disease is a big killer. So the drug overdose deaths in California last year, that would be 2021, surpassed that of lung cancer and ranked just below hypertensive heart disease. The increase was due almost entirely to fentanyl. It killed a record 5,722 Californians in 2021 of all flavors and ages. That's more than the estimated 4,258 people who died. You know how these guys died? Auto accidents, right? On California roads. So we lost four, last year 4,200 and change on roads, car accidents. We lost 2,548 in homicides. And we lost 5,722 from fentanyl overdoses. So if you look at just teenagers between 15 and 19, the death rate increased fourfold. That's 400% from 2018 to 2021. The 20 to 24-year-olds the rate went up nearly seven times. Now, the overall drug use in teenagers has remained about stable. It's remained stable over these years. It's the addition of a different drug con called fentanyl that's killing people. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, drug use hasn't gone up. It's like it's what the drug is that has caused the problem. Prior to fentanyl's rise, the total number of yearly deaths for Californians 15 to 24 hovered around 3,000. Since 2020, that number has skyrocketed to 4,000. We're talking about just a small group, 15 to 24. It's gone up 1,000 in two years. Not, not just killed 1,000. It went up 1,000 above the 3,000. So... Uh, Something to think about, the sheriff's departments, I believe both departments uh, are carrying Narcan in their cars when they have it. It's, it's available at Rideout Adventist Hospital. Church of Glad Tidings has, I'm talking about uh, not fentanyl, but Narcan, a way to can bring people back from almost the dead. So also, uh, one of the few positive things Gavin Newsom did was to sign legislation to make uh, fentanyl strips available, fentanyl detection slips available, uh, or what, maybe I should call them fentanyl test strips. They were initially, when they were came on the market, it's, it's where you can take a little bit of the, say if there's some residue in a plastic bag, you can put it in water, let it dissolve, dip the test strip in, and it will tell you if that's fentanyl or not. Those were originally 
uh, sold as a prescription. You couldn't just buy them on the Internet. Now they've released fentanyl test strips, and one of the ladies I know bought me some. And uh, they can be bought on Amazon or on online for like $10 a kit. And I can't remember. She bought me about 25 of them, and I can't remember the cost. But there's all different types of them. They're very easy to use. And it's a so if you found some uh, narcotics or a baggie with powder in it in your kids, if it's just empty with powder in it, you could put some water in there and let it run out into a, a glass and you could test it and see whether your kid's using fentanyl. Now, I've run into parents who the kid confessed he was using drugs and then went into withdrawals. And uh, so it's a way to keep track of what's what's going on in your kid's life. Uh, the opioid rate for adults, death rate between 30 and 34, reached a record high of 33 per 100,000 in 2021, the highest of any age group, which makes sense. That age group's partying 30 to 34. They're out going for it. And... Uh, so a lot of these people, there's people dying every single day in Yuba Sutter counties from a drug abuse, and a lot of it has to do with fentanyl because it's catching them uh, unawares. They don't realize how dangerous it is, and um, so that's a big, big problem. Uh, let me, let me. We have one more sec. We got about a minute and a half left here, and let me just mention. Uh, Elite Universal Security, Monty Hecker, he's doing his best to keep help the police keep a lid on public damaging your property. People, lawless people, drunks, alcoholics, uh, addicts. There was a guy standing right next to my house today, totally out of his mind, drinking alcohol uh, out on the streets, dumping his stuff out there. It's crazy out on the streets, all over. It's crazy. And so more and more people are relying on private security businesses like Elite Universal Security that's serving all of Northern California. And if, if you're listening uh, in one of these surrounding counties outside of Yuba Sutter and you'd like think, man, I could use a job, they will hire you. And you can work in the county that you reside in, even part-time. So if you think, wow, I, you know, I'm retired now, but uh, inflation's like gutting my <laughs> retirement check or my savings. I need to go work 10 or 20 hours a week. They'll, they'll pick you up. So contact elite universal security. And, uh, let me somehow I got off on the wrong list here. Let me get up here. Uh, it's a five, three, zero, seven, four, nine, zero, two, eight, zero, seven, four, nine, zero, two, eight, zero. And they will, they can put you to work. They will train you and they, they can even train you some online or they have training at their location here in Yuba County. So I'll, I'll finish up with them on, on the comeback. We got one more segment to go and then uh, we'll wrap her up here. Ladies Just got one crony minute. Be right back. Does adulthood dismay you of me and I'll pay you. You won't have to grow up. It's true.
Bob commuted to college for discounted knowledge. So large debts he would not accrue. Lived at home, did some chores. Now he'll also pay yours. Wait, I didn't agree. Cause I'll give all his money to you. I already paid off my loans. All this money. Now wait just one second. You will get from Bob. In a basement for four years. All this money, if I get this job. My school didn't have a rock climbing wall. All your work wages risen, your debts all forgiven, your child care will be. I just arrived at work as the hospital's lead sonographer and was looking at the patient's schedule for the day when my boss told me to go immediately to the OR. The surgeon was requesting ultrasound guidance. That was all the information I was given. I had no idea what I was walking into. I wheeled the ultrasound machine into the OR. The patient was already sedated on the operating table. Plugging in the machine, I waited for instructions from the doctor. He barked at me to place the ultrasound probe on the patient's pelvis so he wouldn't perforate her uterus. Still confused about the procedure, I did as he asked and realized the woman was pregnant. She was in her second trimester, so I easily determined the gender of her baby, a little girl. Stunned, I watched the doctor thrust a catheter into the amniotic sac. The fetus dodged the catheter and tried to hide in the top of her mother's uterus to get away. In horror, I watched as he inserted a forceps clamp and grabbed her tiny leg. She writhed around in pain, trying to break free, but there was nowhere for her to go. Then the doctor pulled hard until her leg ripped away from her body. She recoiled and violently twisted around in pain and curled herself into a tight ball. But it was no use. The clamp grabbed her arm and she struggled to pull away. Her movements weakened now because she was dying. He pulled her arm off of her body. My vision blurred. My eyes filled with tears. The child again curled herself into a tight ball, but again the device grabbed her other leg and it was ripped from her body. By now her heartbeat had slowed significantly but she was still alive. The clamp grabbed her last limb and ripped it off. She wiggled and squirmed around, and then her heart finally stopped beating. 
I announced that there was no more cardiac activity. The nurse and scrub tech in the room gasped, realizing for the first time that this was happening to a fetus that was still alive. The remaining body parts, the head and torso, were removed. Placenta was removed, and a final look with ultrasound revealed all products of conception were removed. I was told I could leave the room. Up until that moment, I had been frozen. I silently removed the ultrasound machine from the operating room, went directly to the locker room, and threw up. I quit my job at that hospital shortly after. I told my boss I would never again participate in that type of procedure. I was having nightmares and could not escape the memory of what I had witnessed. I would never again assist in the murder of a child. It was over 20 years ago, but it's just as vivid in my mind today as the day it happened. The saddest part is that this procedure is still happening today. People have no idea we are murdering babies in this way. They think it isn't a person, that it's just a mass of tissue. I'm so sorry for what happened to this little girl. For what I did to her. I'm sorry, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. The official president of the United States has warned the world they will face Armageddon if Russia uses tactical nukes in Ukraine. And when the Russian president said that the use of nuclear weapons in Ukraine is senseless, the Biden administration reversed the no first use and sole purpose policies regarding nuclear warfare, meaning that the U.S. will now consider first strike nuclear attacks against non-nuclear threats. In a surprising break from projection and gaslighting, U.S. Congressman Jamie Raskin recently explained the truth behind the current U.S. policy with Russia. Russia is an Orthodox Christian country with traditional social values. And for that reason, it must be destroyed, no matter what the cost to us. So this is not a conventional war. This is a jihad. Jamie Raskin said that out loud, but many in Washington agree with him. In both parties, they would like to see World War trans immediately. On the surface, that's what this is. World War trans. That is what the United States has become. To the rest of the world, America has become the land of abortions, castrations, death, and lies. Meanwhile, our diesel fuel is set to run out before the winter, and our leadership could care less what are we doing to increase the supply of diesel, given that the Energy Information Administration said as of October 14th, the U.S. only had about a 25-day supply? You have yeah. the Northeast and, and New York already rationing home heating oil. What are we doing to prepare for the winter and to ramp up supply of diesel? I'll, I'll take the question on the diesel, because I just don't have the, the data on that in front of me. So let me take that, and, and, uh, and we'll get back to you on that. But, but writ large, the, the president has been working very, very hard uh, to make sure that we're uh, that not only are, are, are we ready for fluctuations that could come, and of course the prices are going down, and, and we think that's important, um, uh, but that we are also doing what we can to help our European friends and partners who are also going to be facing a long, cold winter. We have doubled our commitment. The commitment he made in March for natural gas exports to Europe, we've doubled that commitment. The president has cut off our fuel, 
and given away our emergency reserves. Without diesel fuel, the entire nation comes to a halt. And at this point, nothing is being done to stop it. The problem is, at this point, there may not be an answer because there may not be a way to avoid a disaster. Diesel fuel is not just low in this country, it's low in every Western nation that has aligned itself with Ukraine. All these nations preparing for World War trans are running out of diesel fuel. While millions may be scratching their heads over World War trans, too afraid to speak against it, Russian President Vladimir Putin recently explained what it's all about and how Russia has already been there. He said, after the 1917 revolution, the Bolsheviks also said that they would change existing ways and customs, and not just political and economic ones, but the very notion of human morality and the foundations of a healthy society. The destruction of age-old values, religion, and relations between people, up to and including the total rejection of family. All this was proclaimed progress, widely supported around the world back then, and was quite fashionable, same as today. Parent number one and parent number two, birthing parent instead of mother. I repeat, this is nothing new, and they made such a mess it still makes one shudder at times. President Putin says America should do what they want, but leave Russia out of it. They've already been there. And seeing as how Americans have become nothing but submissive spectators, it seems as if the United States will be going there as well, starting this winter. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. So the League Universal Security will um, keep your business your business. And it's interesting whether it's helping you with technology that will uh, keep you safe. As you noticed, uh, we had a guy that invaded the uh, Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi and Paul Pelosi's house, right downtown San Francisco. Now, there's, there's probably more to this story. But it's interesting, their house was surrounded with not only guards, but with incredible camera systems and alarms. Uh, and I, I, I know there's, I have a clip on here addressing the early information about the Pelosi assault. My only point is that it's probably a time when you probably need some security, particularly if you have a family, children, a wife, and uh, you're you're traveling, you're work at work every day, and your wife's watching over the kids and working herself. And uh, but you want to monitor who's showing up at your house and check and see if there's packages coming. And there's ways to do all this now that makes it more secure, and you could have a sec- security system at your house re- reasonably. And so, Elite Universal Security can advise you on that. Plus, if you're a business or a you know, we have all these farms that people are stealing from uh, tractor trailer rigs. They're stealing crops. They're stealing fuel. They're stealing uh, copper and different types of products off the pumps. 
So if any, if you need a patrol, if you need people to stand guard, like in some of the businesses downtown, they literally have to have a uh, security person there. And so Elite Universal Security can help you with all those options. 530-749-0280. And uh, give them a shout-out, and they, they can... Uh, Monty Hecker, ask for Monty. Say Lou was talking about you on the phone and said you could, you might be able to help us. So, again, if you're listening to me and you're from another county up in Northern California, check, call them anyway and see if they're they're in if they're serving your county, if they have any action going up there, and they may put together a crew to to take care of your business. All right, so. Uh, let me go. We got about 17 minutes left today on this segment. And let me go down here and just pick up where I wanted to uh, cover here before we finish up. So, again, if you want information on the cell towers or uh, Wi-Fi in the schools bothering your kids or uh, there's a couple different lawsuits going on. So if you want to just file a lawsuit against uh, being abused by your employer, that would be Daniel R. Watkins, W-A-T-K-I-N-S. Just put Daniel R. Watkins, attorney, and pull him up. And uh, he's it's a, a term. It's uh, I can't quote you the the name of the uh, firm. But this guy's no joke, and he's a solid. I've, I've watched this guy talk uh, on YouTube. He's a very, very quality man of integrity, you can tell. And uh, he's suing people that have had their uh, employment rights violated, okay? Then you have the uh, Children's Health Defense. They're taking on the Wi-Fi people and the cell tower people, okay? So if you think cell towers or or uh, vibes coming to the schools, right? I'll tell you uh, something that's trippy. I used to do a lot of work in the uh, the emergency department. The emer- We call it emergency room, but it's not just one room. The emergency department at Adventist Health and in the hospital, and we would have cell phones, of course. And uh, we actually, back in the day, had cell phones and pagers, or before that we had pagers. But when we get in the ER with all the technology there, it's interesting, x-ray machines and all these machines, that the, the communications to a cell phone inside or to a back in the day of pagers, it would be interfered with. And we'd have to go outside to make contact. It shows you in the invisible world how the different waves that are coming through and electronics are having an effect on other electronics. Well, what kind of effect are they having on you? And they keep, you know, the discussion they keep having about the impact on our brains, on cell phones, up to our ears all day. It's got me to pop, you know, cause me pause, as they would say. So, um, all right. Well, I told you about the fentanyl fiasco and, um, And the, you can get the kits online, they say, for less than $10. I bought a, I don't know whether that's one strip or I. my friend bought me 25 strips. And, uh, okay, talked about the death toll. So I want to talk about this that I found very interesting. So Florida 
in California at one time were both red states, Texas, of course. So you have a lot of conservative people retired to Florida and in and California been known for up until the last 20 years or so as kind of a red state. Okay. So the people of Florida, uh, have sustained some similar problems with Californians. They've got high inflation, right? Maybe where you're listening from, you have high inflation from the Biden Democrat policies. And uh, the people of Florida have high energy costs due to the policies of Biden's administration. And and Californian Governor Newsom are actually making them much worse. We have some of the highest utility rates in the nation here. California has a massive crime problem and homelessness. Florida has less of a crime problem and homeless problem. California has completely collapsed and failed schools. Uh made worse by closing of schools by Newsom. Florida schools are great, except for three months. Uh, They didn't close down at at all. They closed down for about 90 days and then reopened. So you could expect the people of California would be angry with the Democrats and leave that failed party and become Republicans, wouldn't you? Because there is nowhere in the United States of America that is more screwed up than California is right now. But the California Republican Party has not really done anything. In fact, you would think that they would register voters. Someone made the comment, what if we put up a registration table at every gas station and in front of every grocery store? Because people are getting slammed in both places. You'd think that'd be a reason to sign up to vote Republican, right? I'm not getting into the swamp issue or the rhino issue and all that kind of stuff. I'm, ta- I'm just talking about general conservative type of elector electors. So in Florida, they had they've done a big voter registration effort. As of Friday, there were more than five million, five point twenty eight million registered Republican voters in California compared to 4.97 million Democrats. Now, I can't recall, I didn't look up the population of Florida. It's it's a lot less than California, of course. So, it says those numbers represent 86,376 more Republicans than those registered to vote in the August primary, compared to an increase of only 9,800 Democrats. Amazing difference, right? Because they the Republicans took advantage of the terrible policies of the Biden administration. But you know something? It says here, and and I've been aware of that just by I've never heard of any Republican group that's been interested in, in registering new voters, whether they're brand new voters or new voters to California, or whatever. And it says right here, California Republican Party has not implemented a voter registration program since March 2013, nine years ago. And in Florida, this midterm cycle, Florida has... Republicans have a nine to one advantage when it comes to registering new 
voters. In other words, as they register new voters, every, every for every 10 gr- groups, every 10 voters that registered, nine registered Republican, one said, I want to be a Democrat. You would think this would be the most fertile time in California or any state that's so dysfunctional where people are getting so hammered with our gas prices are like $2 higher than most of the nation. You would think that we could, even in Yuba Sutter, could get 1,000, 2,000 new voters as Republicans. But nobody is organizing that. Not either of the central, central committees. Uh, no one is organizing that. We, we did voter registrations at Church of Glad Tidings. We've always done it. It's a habit to catch all the people who changed locations, changed their name, got married, became 18, da-da-da, or just never were registered. Isn't it interesting? It's almost like the Republicans are okay with the Democrats running everything, and they just want to complain about it. In fact, uh, the Republican Party in California has actually worked against some of the Republican nominees. It says the California Republican Party is denouncing and refusing to endorse GOP nominees just as the Alameda and L.A. County GOP are refusing to endorse Republican nominees. They don't like them, even though they're running as Republican. Now, it's amazing to me that even the local uh, dis, the uh, local uh, conservative committees, the, the Republican committees, they have endorsed guys. They may be registered Republican, but they behave like Democrats. And what I mean by behave, I'm not talking about their behavior around town. I'm talking about their behavior on their their voting records. They're Democrats. They're they're socialists, and yet they're endorsed, and uh, or or people are just endorsed because they're a nice person. I'll tell you, I would much rather have a person that's cantankerous, and honry, angry, a fighter, and conservative, than a person that you just like and. And they claim they're Republican or they're a closet Republican and they're just a nice person. I I am not into voting for niceness. I don't see any of that in the Constitution, in fact. Governor Newsom is not even campaigning. He's got millions and millions and millions of dollars in his campaign chest. And the the guy, honestly, this uh, Dolly, is it? I would never vote for him. I don't know whether you've ever seen when he ran against Kevin Kiley when they ran against uh, for Congress <clears throat> once before. Or no, they went, not Congress, they ran it for the state Senate. And the carpet bombing and lies that Dolly told about Kiley, I thought, I, st- I actually, what, I was looking for information and background on Kiley, and I ran into all this neg- negative and really dishonest stuff that was said about him during that campaign a few years ago. 
And I thought, you know, I would never vote for somebody that would say those kind of things and do those kind of things to undermine undermine uh, a fellow like Kevin Kiley. And so I thought, I don't even, I, I'm not interested in, in a, uh, a Gavin Newsom dolly with an R after his name. That's that to me, Gavin Newsom is just a pervert liar. And I'm not in, interested in people that have no character, uh, even though they have an R after their name. Uh, I just, I'm just not, uh, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you where I'm at. And so I'm, it says the, this one article and that Stephen Frank wrote says why Gavin Newsom isn't even bothering to campaign for reelection. Why should he? Dolly's only got $400,000. You're not going to win a race in California with $400,000. And the guy has no appeal. I, I, I don't know who he appeals to. But I saw enough of him on how he ran against Kylie. Because I read up on it because I was looking to vet Kylie. The campaign website for Newsom doesn't even include a platform, it says. He's not airing re-election ads. And the one and only debate, he, he agreed to a debate. You know when the debate is between Dolly and Newsom? He, Newsom agreed to the debate on the day that the San Francisco 49ers play, play the L.A. Chargers. You know how many people are going to be distracted? And even if Dolly made <coughs> Newsom look terrible, nobody would even be watching. Who cares what they debate? Dolly does not offer any, hardly any alternative, except that he's an R. Most of these Republicans are the, are just uh, Democrat light. Newsom is actually spending his time in other states campaigning for Democrat candidates. And he's spending a lot of his campaign funds for California Democrat candidates to defeat Republicans. But it's interesting that the, <coughs> the GOP doesn't do the same. They are not helpful. The GOP has given up registering voters. It's, it's so fascinating. The GOP does not have a candidate in 22% of the legislative races. Nobody even ran. And then, then they actually work against their own conservative. They'd rather they're the the Republican Party in California actually is choosing Democrats over Republicans. There no, there is no party here. There really is no party here. It's just it's we're paying this Jessica Patterson. Not we are. I don't contribute to the Republican Party. But they are paying her a quarter of a million dollars. You know why? She's a good fundraiser. Honestly, you could get a prostitute to do a better job. You don't even need to have a Republican. Get a drug dealer to hustle money for you. I, I don't understand how you're ever going to change the state. What, by raising money? No. you got to get people to join your movement. <coughs> like the uh, Federated... Sutter Uber Republican women. You need to build those kind of grassroots movements all up and down the state that are going to do more than just endorse candidates. They got to, they have to get more people 
being interested in Republican ideal, uh, conservative ideals. <coughs> Excuse me. And I guess we have two minutes left, so let me just say this, that all your f- liberal philosophies, when you have to live under them, that, that takes you to a whole different level. So Germany laughed. They mocked. You can watch on YouTube. They mocked President Trump at the United Nations because he warned them not to allow itself to be extorted by Putin and to put their chips all in his basket. They did not listen. They mocked him. Now they have such a severe energy shortage and high inflation due to the lack of energy, right? Because they got to go out and figure out how to buy it. So now that they're tearing down solar and wind turbines and and they're make to make room for cheap energy, coal energy. So a German energy company is dismantling a wind farm to allow for an adjacent coal mine to expand its operation. Why? Because coal works. And the, and green energy is not a solution. You know how you can tell? People are going to be freezing to death this summer in Germany, or this winter in Germany. So the coal mine Garsweiler uh, admits that the situation is paradoxical, sacrificing one energy source after for another. No, it isn't paradoxical. It's it's exposing the fraud of clean energy. It doesn't work. Just like electric cars are not clean, they're not green. It's a fraud. And finally, you know, you think, oh, yeah, that's how Ponzi schemes like the, the California government on their pensions. You finally realize it's a Ponzi scheme when you stop doing it and everybody's left holding the bag. All the promises, promise, 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 and then somebody else has to pay for it. All right, that's it for this week. Lord willing, we'll be back next week. Of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies are blue. The bright blessed day and the dark sacred night and I think to myself